Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. It is good to see everyone in the house today. Um, I feel like the Lord has laid, laid a word on my heart for someone who's listening today, and at some point they will be listening. I'm told he's an old friend of mine, and he listens to the podcast, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday mornings after, after it's, it's posted up to the podcast, this message. And uh, I feel like in my spirit, there's a stirring in my spirit that this message is not just for my old friend, but it's also for you today. There's some aspects in it that are going to touch several hearts this morning. So before I get into the word... I just want to say to my old friend, I believe he goes by Pablo now, but we call him Paul, and uh, you know exactly who you are. God's plan for you, according to his will, is next is now. That's the word I was given yesterday. Next is now. Some of you have been waiting for the next step and waiting for the next step. I remember I was given a word by a man of God years ago, and he was the man of God who wrote the book, Favor the Road to Success. Any of you guys ever heard, heard of that book? He's an old guy. I believe he's gone to be with the Lord by now. He was up in years back then. And he gave me a word, and I've shared this with my Bible study before. And he said, I see you in a vision. On, you're on roller skates. You remember when roller skates, those four wheels, the older school roller skates, they had laces? And he said, I see you on roller skates, and you're bending down while you're rolling trying to tie your shoelaces. He says, you're already on your way in God. Don't look back. Don't be distracted. Move on in God. That word is not only for Paul, it's for everyone in this house today. Next is now. Some of you are also in a place, and I believe God's given me this word specifically for Paul once again, is he wants you to trust him in the process. How many of you are impatient in the process ever? Is it tomorrow yet? Is it now? Is it now? Some more than others. And we all have our areas of impatience for certain things. I want it now. I'm sick of waiting. It needs to be now. That's okay when you're driven to take initiative and get things done and not just be lazy. But sometimes, how many of you know, sometimes he's working while you're waiting. Farmers have learned that when you sow, the busiest time really is when you're watering the seed waiting for the harvest. Next is now, but you may not see it until tomorrow or next week. But it's right now. It's right now. God is with you. God is for you. So trust him in the process. And here's another thing. Here's a word of advice, not only to my old friend, but to you. Step on fear like a bug. Fear has attacked many people. I believe fear and lies are the two busiest demons in the, in the spirit realm. If the devil can make you afraid, he can make you believe lies. If he can make you uh, believe lies, he can make you afraid. Don't you believe fear and lies during the situation? You go back to God and trust God. There's a lot of information out there, social media, in healthcare, and everything else, and there are many contradictory statements and lies. I'm telling you, you can find three or four different factual, quote-unquote, statements about the same issue, and who knows what the truth is. That's why you always got to go back to the Word. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I believe God is calling you forth. Paul is a very specific word. God is calling you to seek him like never before. He said in the book of Isaiah when he's talking about fasting, he said, you'll seek me and you will hear my voice behind you telling you, turn to the left, go this way, go that way. That's a word for you today as well. Pastor's been talking about fasting. Get back into that. You don't have to do a 15-day water fast, but begin to seek God and put him first like you never have. Why? Because according to this series, you're going to need it. 
But praise God, next is now. Someone say next is now. Uh huh. Today is the day of salvation. It's time. You're going to need it. Walk in truth. God's not done with you. He's working it out as we speak. He's going to take care of the details. You just keep, keep trusting in him. Keep trusting in him. His word is good. His word is right. How many of you know someone is only as good as their word? Did your mama teach you that? Some of y'all, your mom and dad said, hey, you, hey, boy, you're only as good as your word. My grandpa would talk about that. My dad used to talk to us about that. Well, in the same way, God, we know God is good because he keeps his word. Sometimes you say, man, I've been waiting, I've been praying. And sometimes God doesn't answer prayers because we're praying against his will. Pray according to his will, scripture says, and he'll give it to you. He will give it to you. God's on your side. Scripture says he's with you, he's for you, and he lives inside of you now. So let's give God the praise because he is your God and he's taking care of you. Go ahead and give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Trust him in the process. Be sure and trust him in the process. Let's go to my first point this morning. In this series, you're going to need it. Say what? You're going to need faith. You got to believe and build. You say, man, your point last week, one of your points was believe. That was the first. Oh, I'm telling you, that is the greatest aspect of faith. People will tell you all the time. Oh, no, um. No, I have faith, but, no, you have faith, then you believe. Someone say, I believe. You're believers. Scripture talks about they heard and they believed. They heard and they believed. Scripture also says in the area of Jesus' hometown, Jesus, God in the flesh, could not even do many miracles because they didn't believe. Scripture says he did few miracles among them. Kenneth Hagin used to say, oh, he probably healed a headache. Say, God in the flesh, why couldn't he overpower their will even when they didn't believe? No, God doesn't work like that. God works in covenant through faith. Someone say in covenant through faith. Uh huh. He works with faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You want to push God away? Tell him, I don't believe you. I believe the news over you. I believe the virus is bigger than you. I believe the vaccination is bigger than you. I believe my paycheck is bigger than you. I believe the government is bigger than you. The government would like you to think that. They would like to take care of all your needs, but how many of you know they don't do a good job of it? The government breaks your legs, puts you in a wheelchair, gives you, underpays you, and then taxes you on it and says, you should thank us. That's crazy. You need to put your trust in God. Scripture says, woe unto those who put their trust in mankind. And another verse says, fear of mankind is a trap. You say, man, I'm, but I'm afraid of what they could do to me. Uh-huh. Jesus said, fear the one who can throw both soul and body into hell. That's who you need to fear. Don't fear the, your neighbor. Don't fear another human, scripture says, whose breath is in their nostrils. What does that mean? They breathe oxygen just like you. They put on their pants the same way, way as you, or they should. I don't think any of them jumped off a building into their pants today. They sat down or stood up and put their pants on. Right? So they're humans. And that's why we've got to believe and build. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. Look at this. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles. This is, this is talking about God. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him. Gentiles are non-Jews. Gentiles are not Jewish people. Most of us in here are not Jewish. They brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him. And peace to the Jews who were near. Wow. Now all of us, somebody say all. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And the Holy Spirit will always point back to God's word. He will never violate God's word. 
Now all of us can come. All right. So now you Gentiles, I'm sorry. Now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. There are special benefits for citizens. You are citizens of heaven and of God's kingdom. You are citizens along with all of God's people. You are members of what? God's family. Someone say, I'm a member of God's family through faith in Jesus. That's the only way. Let's keep going. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is whom? Jesus, Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles, once again, speaking to the non-Jews, he was speaking to the church at Ephesus. This is a pertinent, pertinent, significant letter for us as believers now, because these are one of the epistles written to the church. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. That is powerful. Can you imagine that the God of the universe would live in you by his spirit? So God has called you to believe and build on what he's already started in you. Can you do it on your own? No. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. One verse in the Old Testament says, it's not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of God, says the Lord. You ever tried to do something in your own strength and it just kept failing and it went from worse to worser? Lord, tell my mom I'm sorry. I, can't, I pray to you, Father, but just tell mom I'm sorry. Mom was a grammar major. Things go from worse to worser to worsest. Don't quote me on that. They go from bad to worse to worst when you keep trying to do it on your own strength. Let's go to Isaiah 28.10. I like this verse. Some of you are like, man, Pastor Matt, some of this stuff he's repeated a lot. Now it's time to live it. He tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here, what, what else, and a little there. He's building, he's building, he's building. You believe and you start to build on what God has given you. How many of you know when you accepted Jesus, you didn't get, you didn't get all the knowledge you needed right off and all the wisdom and all the experience you needed right off? You believe, that's the first step. Scripture said you should believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who faithfully, diligently, steadfast, steadfastly, and consistently seek him, Right? He's going to reward you if you seek him, but you got to believe. If you, if you believe, then you'll seek him. Let's go on to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Look at this. Look at what the apostle Peter is speaking of. He hung out with Jesus for three and a half years straight. He says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. Everything is built and fitted according to Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Scripture says he is the founder, the author, and finisher of our faith. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for what? Great honor. Let me give you guys a hint. If the name of Jesus or the work he did on the cross offends people, that's a big red flag. No matter how much they say, hey, God is who you say he is. God is who you believe he is. Everyone should, they should find their own God. Oh, divinity is within you. Divinity, I'm sorry, child. Divinity is not within you apart from Jesus. It's not. Scripture says, apart from Jesus, we're like our father, the devil. That's outside of Christ. Scripture says we're conceived in sin. You say, man, but my babies are innocent. Yeah, they don't know any better, but their DNA has fallen just like yours was since the Garden of Eden. You have to put your faith in Christ to change families. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. 
you're living stones. What's more, you are his holy priest. What is a priest? A priest can be a representative. A priest can enter into the presence of God. Today with worship, you were able to access the very presence of God because of Jesus. So God sees you in the book of Revelation as a king and a priest. Someone say, I'm a king and a priest. That's right. You're a child of God. You're a king. You're a priest. You have identity in God. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, by him as the intermediary, the go-between between us and God, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Mom and dad used to say growing up that God sees you through the filter of the blood of Jesus. Any of y'all familiar with filters? How many of y'all have filtered yourself on Instagram lately? Don't raise your hand. I always find it fascinating. And then folks go, no filter. I'm not going to get into all that, but that's inaccurate. There are filters there, but they're different. No filter. I say, man, are they talking about my mouth? No, I, sometimes I don't have a filter. But no, they're talking about different, a filter. God sees us through a filter, not through the filter of Instagram, praise God. Instagram can be deceitful, huh, because the filters are misleading. But here's the power of the blood of Jesus. Everything done through means of the Holy Spirit in Jesus is done in truth. So when God sees you through the blood of Jesus, he says, I know they're flawed, but I see them through the sacrifice of my son, and now they are right with me. Someone say, right with God. You're called to be right with God, that's righteousness. And when you're right with God and know you're right with God and you walk in faith that you are right with God, then you start living right, that's your conduct. A church word for that is holiness. All that means is you know you're right with God, that's righteousness, now you act like you're right with God. And let me tell you something, it takes time and patience to build something or to build something with God, to allow God to build something in you and through you. It takes time and patience, doesn't it? One of my favorite stories to tell, and those that have been here any amount of time, you know a lot of my stuff. But when I was five years of age, mom and dad decided that I should study to play the piano. You didn't know that. Five years of age, but don't worry. I went to one piano lesson, and it was Ms. Denny. She was my kindergarten teacher. She was also a pastor's kid. She was an older lady at that point. They dropped me off at her house. She sat me down, and she's teaching me stuff. And I told her, in essence, I said, Ms. Denny, I don't have time for all this. I said, show me how I can play all at once, or I've got to go. She said, it doesn't work that way. I said, well, then part of our agreement is I've got to go. So mom or dad came to pick me up. I don't remember. I just remember sitting at her piano going, this is not for me. I don't have the patience for it. It takes time and patience. It does. Time and patience. When you believe the Lord and you start to allow him to build you up, it takes time and patience and effort. But how many of you know that anything worth doing takes work? I've had people lie to me, man. I had a guy recently, he said, oh no, this is my second marriage. My first marriage was a disaster, but my second marriage, he says, it hasn't required any work. I'm like, what planet are you living on? Jen and I, I feel, yeah, uh, married people laughing in the house, going ha, ha, ha. Like that lady on Monsters, Inc., you remember the first one? That monster lady? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. 
Like, yeah, right. That was her laugh. Yeah, right. Said, oh, it, uh, hey, brother, it hadn't required any work. Well, okay, well, maybe I'm less holy than you, but Jen and I were called to marry each other. God spoke to me when I was in Austria. I'd spoken to my baby sister. They had become close friends. God spoke to me, said, that's going to be your wife before I met her. And, man, we've known each other for a long time now. Actually, 19 years we've known each other this October 31st. What a day. What a night to meet each other. Jen hates Halloween, but praise God, he gave her the gift of me on Halloween. Don't look at that too deeply, please. I don't celebrate Halloween. That is a religious holiday, but not of the Lord. I don't celebrate Halloween. But it's taken work every step of the way. Why? I said, oh, does that mean it just didn't, uh, you didn't love it? Oh, no, we've loved each other. We're, we not only love each other, we are in love with each other. But you've got to work it out. You've got to talk. You've got to spend time together. It's a good kind of work. It's a valuable kind of work. In the same way, when you seek God, is that worth it? Yes or no? I can only imagine what it'd be like to stand before God and him say, you know what, Matt? You had every chance in the world to seek me, but you were so busy with everything else. You never made any time for me. Let me liken your walk with God to my marriage once again. And it's a mystery. The Apostle Paul speaks about it. A husband and a wife, it is a type and shadow of our relationship with Christ as his bride-to-be. But I'll never forget. Look at this. I'll never forget. My mom sat me down. And I don't know how we got into this, but... I wasn't really in trouble or anything, but I was in my 20s. And uh, she said, you need to learn to take a day off. We would burn the candle at both ends. Me and John would come. We'd come to work. I'd be working on a candle. We'd come over here at 12, 1 in the morning. Remember, we'd do crazy stuff here and there. My brother would stay with me. I stayed at the church apartments. I was a church apartment manager, believe it or not. Those, that motel across the street, the low budget inn. I'm sorry, it's a budget inn. I'm sorry. That was weird. Sometimes things just come out. But we would, just, we would just work. I mean, it'd be a Friday night. We'd be working. And it was fun, we, we thought. But my mom, and I don't remember what, how it came up, but she was seeing that I was not resting. And my mom said, hey, look. And I don't remember if she was speaking about Jen at the time or just in general terms, giving me advice about my future marriage. She said, you need to learn to take a day off because I don't want your wife telling me someday, Matthew has no time for me. And I did exactly that. I went. My eyes got big. I said, man, what a word. She said, you don't want that. Make time to rest now. You're practicing so that you can take a day with your wife because you're going to be a minister. You're already a minister and a man of God. She said, I don't want to hear that from your wife someday. A heartbroken wife saying, I don't, Matthew doesn't have any time for me. So you say, why would I bring that up today? Well, just like in marriage, I need to make time for my wife because she's a high priority. She's my better half, some would say, right? But in a relationship with God, aren't you supposed to make time for him? Can you imagine? I stood before God one day and he says, you had no time for me. You did everything else. And look, it's all meaningless now. Scripture says when we stand before God, some things will be burned up. Say, spiritually speaking, some of our works will be burnt up and some will make it through the fire. But only the works that matter will make it through the fire, right? Because some works are just made of straw and wood and junk. 
See, I did all this. Yeah, but were you seeking God? So you got to believe and build. This pushes me into my next point today. That's number two. I love this saying. Go for it. Go for it daily. Anyone see the Rocky Balboa movie that came out in 2006? I think Antonio Tarver was the name of that boxer in real life who fought against Rocky. Rocky was making a comeback. He was an already, already an older guy. And Rocky told him, well, go for it or something. I think he said go for it. And that guy goes, what's that, 80s? And he goes, no, uh, actually it was more like 70s, right? Yeah, that's, that's good old wisdom for you. Go for it. Just do it daily. Just like Nike used to say, just do it. Go for it daily. How do you go for it daily? Scripture makes a unique comparison. It says walk in it. Be consistent. Look at this. Ephesians 2.10 in the English Standard Version. Ephesians 2.10. Look at this. I bet you had a New Living Translation, huh? <laughs> there it is. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? To please myself. To spend all of my time pleasing myself. No, we are his workmanship. You are God's product, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should neglect them. Uh-uh, walk in them. I love how scripture says that, walk in them. Did you know walking is so valuable? There's something simple about walking. Some of you in here, you say, man, I've been wanting to lose weight. I've been wanting to, to feel better. I've been wanting to just exercise, man. I'm not worried about the weight. I just want to feel better and be healthy, my doctor said, or I know. Many times, you can simply just start walking. You can do better on your sweets and your breads and different stuff like that. But you can just start walking. There's power in the consistency of walking. It's rhythmic. It does something for your physical body. In the same way, walking with God is consistent. Most of you today, you walked in here. You did. No, all of you walked in today. It's something you don't think about. You've got to get to the place where you don't even think about it. You're just walking with God. Say, man, i got to get into the word. I need to pray as I go today. I need to seek him. Let's go to Colossians 2.6. Look at this. This shows your faith. Faith without works is dead. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Do you know people accept Jesus and they think he's just, this is old school, they think he's just fire insurance. Say, I don't want to go to hell, so I accepted Jesus. That's great. You started at a good place, but now seek him, get to know him. Say, no, I'll talk to him in heaven. I got my own stuff to do. Uh-uh. You've got to seek God while you're on earth, and that is your faith. Let's go to Deuteronomy 5.33, English Standard Version as well. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you, and that you may live, what, long in the land you shall possess. I've never met a kid ever, a teenager who says, hey, man, Pastor Matt, you know, my goal in life, I'm just going to die young. Uh-uh. Or, man, I want to just be poor. My goal is to be poor, man, because that, that just shows my faith. No, no, God will honor that, but you don't have to stay poor. You say, man, was everyone going to become a billionaire? No, I don't preach that. But I preach that God wants to bless you because he wants to bless other people around you. And how do you be blessed? How do you walk in his blessing? Let's read that whole verse again. You shall walk. Someone say, I will walk. That's right. In all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you that you may live. 
You walk with him, you will live, and it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. Hmm. Let's go to Micah 6 8. This is in the New Living Translation. Micah 6 8. Some of you are like, Micah? Is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. That's why you got to read your Bible every day. Familiar, familiarize yourself with it. Listen to the word every day. Know, O oh people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. Real simple. Look at this. This is, this is ancient wisdom. To do what is right. To doing what is right is righteousness. Someone say righteousness. You still with me? Righteousness. All right. To do what is right. To love whom? To love mercy. Wow. To love mercy means I'm going to love God and people around me. But I'm going to love people. I'm going to actually love being merciful to people and giving them another chance. Oh, man, I can speak for our marriage. We've dealt with people in our lives. Say, man, is it, we're going to have to give them another chance? Or you're getting some work done or something. You say, man, we've got to give them another chance. I'm ready to be done with this person. I know. I know. But more importantly, you're dealing with someone relationally in a relationship. Man, it's for keeps. It's been long term. You say, man, I'm ready to give up on them. God did not give up on you. You should have your boundaries, but you should be able to give people chances. He says to love, to do right, to love mercy, and look at this. There it is again, to walk humbly with your God. I love how God throughout Scripture says, your God, I will be your God. Why? He's a personal God. I remember back in the day we were having trouble with my grandma Treadwell. Loved her so much, but she was getting up there in years. She was stubborn as a mule. Oh, man, I remember we'd have battles in the kitchen where she'd be in there without her walker, and we'd catch her, and she'd be standing there like this, about to fall over. Late 80s, ready to, and she'd be swinging at you to get away from her because she didn't need her walker. Grandma, use your walker, and she's like ready to fight you. And at one point, my Uncle Charles, it, it would happen. This is truth. My Uncle Charles, bless him, he's, he's with the Lord now too, bald-headed just like me. He told me one time, he said, that is between your grandma, that's it, that was his mama, right? My mom's oldest brother. He said, that is your, between your grandma and her God. <laughs> He's a personal God. I'll never forget that. Because she was giving him trouble. And then when she'd give me a hard time, and grandpa, she was taking different medications for her health and stuff. So I'm sure that was part of it. But boy, she was feisty. Those piercing blue eyes, my mom used to say, oh, man, she gets a look in her eye. I know. One time I said, Grandma, I can't do it with you tonight. I love you. I honor you. But I don't have, I, I just don't have it in me. I was using Jonathan's car that night. I still remember I was in the little gold Corolla. I said, Grandma, I'm going to turn around and take you back because I can't mess with you tonight. She said, "Hun, don't talk like that. And I said, Grandma, I can't do it. I'm not going to argue with you. Here's how we got to do it. Don't pick a fight with me. But I'm going to take you back. And she said, you're like your Uncle Charles. I said, well, Grandma, i I got to have a boundary here. Come on, come on, come on. But my Uncle Charles was so right. He said, that's between her and her God. In the same way, everything I give to you, the danger of you hearing the word is this. It's now between you and your God. That no, it's no longer my responsibility at that point when I give you the word. As it's what you do with it. Hey, you got to go for it daily now you got to walk it out. Just like eating right or working out. You know, there's so many spiritual parallels in going to the gym. And I'm going to 
tell you right now, I've not been in the gym in a couple months plus. Just didn't want to lie to him, baby. I mean, Jen's really faithful with the gym, but so who's Jim? The gym. She works out over there. And I've been staying real active, mowing lawns and stuff, and I lift the, the lawnmower by myself. And, and it, I, I, you know, I'm pretty active. I don't feel weak or anything. I can still knock out some push-ups, but it's not the same as the repetition and the discipline of being there. So many spiritual parallels in serving God and going to the gym. You walk all the time, don't you? You're always walking. Hmm. That's so fitting to say, well, I need to do this with God. I'm going to do it all the time. I'm not just going to get saved and put him on the back burner. Say, God, thank you. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. No, go for it daily. Seek him daily. You know what scripture says? The Lord himself says, seek me while I may be found. What does that mean? It means some people are going to get to a point in their life where they can't find God anymore because the spirit of God has stopped calling them. I don't, I don't believe that's for anyone in this house, obviously, or anyone on the live stream or on the podcast or anything else. God's still speaking to you, still calling you, still pulling you in. He's courting you. He's working on you. He says, come on, spend time with me. I feel the Spirit of God many times telling me, you know what? You need to pray more today. You need to seek me more today. Man, God would begin to give me words yesterday as I prepared for this message, and I just cried in his presence. Why? Because he was telling me, just like he's telling you, and I'm going to be a good messenger. He said, go for it daily. Mom and dad taught me you don't take breaks from serving God. When I was a kid, I used to think summertime was to take a break from everything. Acting right, reading my Bible, everything. And my teachers knew it. I would, maybe the free spirit personality. We'd, be, we'd start winding down. I remember in fourth grade, I got in such bad trouble. They put me out in the hall. I don't even remember what I was doing. It was probably talking. But one of my teachers said, Matt... I don't know what it is with you. I felt so bad that they had to do that. I always respected authority. And I was like, I don't know what it is with me either. I'm so problematic, right? <laughs> they said, I know that the years, and you know what the teacher told me? I'll never forget this, fourth grade. This is Ms. O'Neill. She said, the school year's not over yet. School year's not over yet. It's not over yet, y'all. You'll keep seeking God. Go for it daily. That's part of your active faith. And as you go for it daily, let's get into my third point real quickly. Stretch your faith. So what does that mean? Extend your faith. Once again, how many of you have ever been into the gym? You can raise your hand or not. That's between you and God, right? So not me. I ain't going to the gym. One old-timer, he goes to the gym. I say old-timer, he's an older guy. He's probably in his 60s now. And he's pretty faithful. He's been pretty faithful in the gym for years. He told me years ago, Barry and me and Barry and John used to see him at the gym. And Jen, I think at the time Elaine was going there too, at that particular gym, he'd say, Matt, you know the toughest machine in here to operate? I said, what? He said, the front door. Man, that's wisdom. Say, if I can get in there, I'll do something. But man, just getting over there to open the door you got to stretch your faith. Scripture says faith to faith. you got to challenge yourself. You cannot live in the victories of the past forever. Mm -mm. You can't live in the victories of the past forever. So like I said earlier, anything worth doing takes work. So just like the gym, how you said, man, I wanted bigger muscles, and I started stretching myself, physically doing stretches and 
man, challenging myself, say, I'm going to lift a little heavier today. What's that for? Lifting heavier produces endurance and stamina, strength, muscle size. Say, so what's all that for? All in all, it's so you'll be stronger and last longer. That's what the gym is for. Challenge yourself. Learn in God. Ask questions. Believe for the next big thing. What's the next big thing? That's between you and your God, right? Do something you've never done, but only in faith. Believe for something new and powerful. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 1.3, English Standard Version. I really love the English Standard, although I teach out of the New Living Translation usually. But I love these verses. We ought always to give thanks to God for you. Ought just means we should always give thanks to God for you. you say, why didn't they put that? I don't know. We should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, according to that Greek word, remember? As is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Your faith is growing abundantly. I remember during COVID, there were people joking about it, and I joked about it too. He said, man, I grew during COVID, but I don't know if it was the right way. Eating a lot and buying toilet paper. So whatever you want to do with that information. Hmm. And people were flushing paper towels down the toilet and they were clogging up the drains and everything else. But you've got to challenge yourself. What's next for me? I don't know, but the word that God gave me for my old friend and for you as well is next is now. Next is now. Let's read that whole verse again. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. We should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. One man of God years ago wrote a book called Ever Increasing Faith. Say, oh, I'm in the same place I was a year ago. That's not good. Don't brag about that. You can be consistent, but you have to consistently grow. When you go to the gym often, you get stronger. When you walk more, you get more endurance. When you run more, you get more endurance. When you put God first consistently, God begins to speak to you and entrust you with more. Lester Sumrall, a great man of God, years ago, he said, man, he was already in his 70s and his 80s. He said, man, we're shipping product all over the world. We own ships. Our ministry has ships. It's taking food to the Philippines and different places. He said, one day as an old man, he was already an older man, he said, I asked God, I said, why are you just now doing this stuff in my life? Why didn't you do this when I was younger? And God's response to him was, I can trust you now. Many people think the Christianity, that Christianity is like a vaccination. One shot, it does it all. Nope, that's not how it works. One pill, one time at the gym, one time at piano lessons, right? I need it all now. No, it's not going to work that way. See, I got married, I kissed her at the altar, it was a wonderful honeymoon, but we don't even talk now. Ah, uh, you stopped. You had to grow in that area. Marriage brings growth if you let it. I've met some really immature married people, it's because they decided I'm going to stay the same. Well, good luck, good luck. It ain't going to be good. you got to stretch your faith, just like you stretch yourself in marriage and do things you're not comfortable with so that you can be a benefit to your husband or to your wife and bless them and serve them. We have to die to the flesh, Scripture says. What does that mean? You die to desires. 
Say, I'm just not going to go there with that desire anymore. Why? Because now I'm stretching my face. Someone say, Lord God, say it. Let's say it. Raise your hand. Say, Lord God, help me to stretch and extend my faith. I don't want to stay the same. That's right. you got to believe for the next big thing. Scripture says, faith to faith. I'll never forget when Dad built this building years ago with God's help and the right contractors. His dad actually helped him. He was a man in his 70s at the time. My grandpa Senna. Dad built this building. God had promised him. He did it debt free. There's a lot to that story there. But I remember thinking, wow. I was a kid and I didn't think deep about it. I'm just not deep anyway. I said, man, we've arrived. There's a huge parking lot. There's the church. And God kept speaking to dad. Said, buy the land over there. Pray that that oil well dries up. There was an oil well over there. Pray that that oil well dries up. That's going to be parking lot. And all these things started happening. Dad, after a while, Dad and the church at that time, we used to call the English Ministry Victory Center, they bought the whole block at a discount price. And this building was debt free. And then one day, Dad walks in and says, We're going to build a gym building now. I say, What? Aren't we done? No, it's from faith to faith. Stretch yourself. At one point, Dad said they were building the building, and they began to dig deep into the ground because it's a big building. How many of you know that the taller the building is, the deeper the foundation has to go? That'll preach, won't it? Dad got over there, and what were those footers, Dad? How deep were those? Four feet? Five feet? Dad said, deep. Dad, you don't help me sometimes. Dad said, I'd be lying. (laughs) Fair enough, man of God, fair enough. He said, you want me to make something up, embellish your sermon, right? No, okay. Man of honor, man of integrity. They were deep. I don't remember if they were four or five feet, but Dad said he got out there, and after the man of faith and power had already spoken, and he looked out there one day, and they were digging those, those footers and the trenches to put concrete in and block and the foundation for that building, he said, oh, my God. He he said he ran back in the building and just started praying. said, God, you told me to build another building now, and you're going to pay for it. I don't know how we're going to do that because it started to get big. The building inspector told him, hey, uh, do you realize how much money this is going to take? God didn't send him, right? But that was a test of dad's faith. He said, do you realize how much money this is going to take? And I don't know what dad told him, but dad's like, well, God's going to take care of it. He was stretching and extending his faith. You don't need to stay in the same place. You need to believe and build. Someone say, believe and build. Uh huh. You need to get after it. You need to go for it daily. Someone say, go for it. Uh huh. And number three, stretch your faith. Someone say, stretch my faith. Uh huh. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. God is moving and working in your lives. This is a word that you needed. It's a word God knows that I needed. If there is anyone in this house at the sound of my voice or someone on the live stream, that says, Pastor Matt, I need to make sure my faith is in the right place and I need to start with Jesus, the cornerstone. I need to accept him and make him my Lord. If you've never publicly accepted Jesus or made him your Lord, raise your hand today. We're gonna pray with you. We'll pray as a church family. You say, man, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Is that you today? Raise your hand, please. Or you say, you know what, Pastor Pastor Matt, I just need to... Make sure I'm right with God. I've accepted Jesus, but I've struggled in some areas. I just want to get my heart right with God today. Would you raise your hand, please? God bless you. 
for your courage. I saw the hands. God bless you for your courage. Anybody else? Say, raise your hand. Say, I need to make sure I'm right with God today. All right. Thank you for your courage. Let's pray. Everybody in the house, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died and rose again. But I want to ask, Lord, that you forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. I don't want to just be a believer in word only. I want to be a true believer in word and deed, in my actions. Please forgive me, Lord. I want to be right with you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Help me, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I believe today. We trust you, Father. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you, God Almighty. There's someone in the house who says, you know what? Why don't you look at me now? Say, man, I'm going to go point by point real quick. I feel led to do this. It's a little different. And you can raise your hand for multiple things, but just look at me for a moment. We're about to wrap this out. We're going to be done. Wrap it up, be out, wrap it out. We're going to be done. Someone say, that first point, believe and build, touched me. Would you raise your hand? Say, believe and build. I got to build on what God's given me. How about this? How about you say, well, you can raise your hand again too. Say, how about, I need to go for it. I need to get after it daily. I need to pursue God in my daily walk. Wow, praise God. Number three, you say, God is speaking to me to stretch and extend my faith. Is that you? Raise your hand. Me too. Me too. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's pray together as a family. Grab hands. Put a hand on somebody's shoulder. Whatever you're comfortable doing, I want there to be a point of contact in this house. Praying for everyone on the live stream as well. Let's pray together. Let's believe. We'll always believe when we talk to God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you will always, always, always confirm your word with signs. But Lord God, you will always watch over your word to perform it. Performance is the name of the game in your kingdom. Performance is a covenant word. God, you will always perform your word. We thank you today. We believe you today. We trust you today. God, speak to us about believing about building, about going for it and getting after it daily, pursuing you, God, going hard after you, being a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus, going for it. And God, also about stretching ourselves in our faith, allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable at times. The gym's uncomfortable, stretching is uncomfortable, and so is stretching our faith spiritually. In the emotional realm, in the spiritual realm, in the soul realm, it's uncomfortable, God, but I thank you that it's worth it. It's worth working for because you're worth it, and we thank you, Father God. Our relationship with you is worth it. We will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. We believe you, God. Let your word continue to fall on good ground in our lives as we recall it by your Holy Spirit. Help us to put it into operation, into practical things in our lives, into practice. We trust you. We believe you. We thank you. We're so grateful for you today, God. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen.